Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. A couple of voluntary uh, OTAs underway, Wiz. We're starting to get some uh, snippets from those. Uh, so li- little little bits of excitement and anxiety coming out from the first reports. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. Lazard hurt. Ridley looks like a beast. All this sort of stuff. I, I guess, you know, it's to be expected in this hot stove period of the NFL. Yeah, you take these things really with a grain of salt. And uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't... Uh... I don't really uh, concern myself that much. Uh, I mean, injury, that's obviously a different thing. But as far as look, who's looking good and all of this uh, kind of stuff, you can look back at years past and kind of laugh at uh, some of the guys that have been pumped up and some of the negative stuff. It all, at the end of the day, uh, equals out, I think. So uh, I I don't pay too much attention attention to it. But the injury thing, you always want to keep an eye on. For sure. I said the one uh, interesting piece of news was on Austin Eckler getting uh, additional incentives on his contract, 28 years old. Uh, Eckler, for a 27-year-old, produced one of the, if not the best, one of the strongest seasons ever for a running back from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Just the catch is so significant and, and yet another beast year in terms of touchdowns by Austin Eckler. So, you know, looks like that player will return probably for a final year with the Chargers, uh, but nonetheless uh, expected to produce at a very high level and, and, and likely a top three or four running back in fantasy drafts uh, as we head into the season. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, interesting to see how that plays out. It looks like he's a little disgruntled heading into the season, not able to get a new contract, didn't seem like many teams we're knocking themselves over to try and offer him a big deal. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out with Austin Eckler this year. Yep. And uh, this podcast today was uh, something that uh, I think is uh, an evolving story. Uh, when I took a close look at depth charts at the tight end position, uh, I came up with at least 10 teams where I saw – the ability for two two of tight ends on the roster to actually make contributions on a weekly basis. I uh, feel like we're going to see more 12 personnel. Uh, they're, they're, they're faster. They're more athletic. Um, there is a lot to be discussed at this position. There's a lot of strategy involved outside of Travis Kelsey, of course, uh, who was leaps and bounds better than everybody else uh, in terms of fantasy production last year. And, uh, which will you know certainly factor into valuing what that player is going to be versus the rest of his peers at the position. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it seems like uh, year to year, there's always a contender um, who's going to supplant um, Travis Kelsey at the top of the list. You know, it's been George Kittle, Mark Andrews. A couple of years ago, Kyle Pitts was going to come in there. It looks like uh, Darren Waller had some um, had some had a lot of uh, notoriety that he was going to be in the top three and maybe, you know, reach that Travis Kelsey air. But it really looks like Travis Kelsey um, has been able to hold everybody off and uh, playing with Patrick Mahomes certainly doesn't hurt. And, um, Looks like kind of he's in a tier by himself. Yeah, no doubt. And, and it was funny was when I when I started looking at some of the teams that in last year maybe employed a little bit of a a two tight end system. When you looked at you know the combined efforts from two tight ends on those rosters, for example, uh, let, let's look at Seattle who had Will Disley 
and Noah Font. When you combine their fantasy points, actually, when you combine their fantasy points, it almost comes to, like in traditional leagues, that, of PPR that is, almost comes to about 200 uh, fantasy points between those two players. Uh, and just to give you some sort of an idea, Travis Kelsey in, in a lot of leagues was, was like over 260, 270. Um, and then the next year, there was a huge drop-off where I think Hawkinson was, say, around 215, George Kittle around 200, Mark Andrews 190, um, Evan Ingram 175. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, a lot of teams are employing a little bit of a rotation at that position where you look at on Seattle, those two guys did combine for a high number of production. It's just that the workload ended up getting split out. Yeah, and it just goes to the point when you're looking at the tight end position in conventional leagues, um, there's only a handful of guys that you could feel pretty comfortable and confident with that they're going to be um, worthwhile. They're going to be worth an early pick. After that, um, I would say not so much considering the 12 personnel that a lot of teams are going to employ. And then the fact that a bunch of them, you feel like you could put in a hat and pick out names and, who will have the best fantasy seasons, I think, you know, you could be looking at like numbers seven through 20 and you could probably come up with a different order every single time. And uh, that, that's what, that's what makes it a little tough. Yeah. So it uh, would be fair to say at this point, because uh, I thought truthfully last year that, that Mark Andrews had, had, a, had a, a chance uh, to take a stab at what Travis Kelsey w- was doing. Uh, didn't come out, you know, between Lamar Jackson uh, being hurt and between Mark Andrews also not being 100% last year did not come to fruition. But Kelsey, uh, would you agree, tier by himself? And then when you look at that next group, it's probably Hawkinson, Kittle, Andrews, and Evan Ingram. Would you agree with that? I don't know about Ingram. Um, I think I think it could be a different animal in Jacksonville this year with Calvin Ridley, who is probably going to soak up in my opinion, between 70 and 80 catches. So I feel good about Hawkinson. I feel good about Kittle. I hope he stays on the field. Andrew's the same thing. But I, I think, I think, you know, you could be looking at um, a group or a tier, if you will, of Ingram, uh, Dalton Schultz, uh Freemuth could be in there, Njoku, Dallas Goddard. I think like those guys, you know, maybe even Dallas Goddard leading that next group. But uh, I, I think I put Kelsey in a tier by himself and then Hawkinson, Kittle, and Andrews in a tier and then another group uh, with 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 Ingram in that list. But I, I, I think I'd rather have him in tier three than with those guys in tier two. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I was really blown away by the combined stats was of, uh, of, of Ty, uh, Taysom Hill and Juwan Johnson. Uh, those two players equaled the production of, of, of Travis Kelsey. Obviously Hill's going to do more of his damage on the ground. And, and he did a tremendous amount of that last year with almost 600 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. He also caught two balls for touchdowns. And Juwan Johnson, uh, on his own, had seven, seven receiving touchdowns, uh, leading all receivers on the New Orleans Saints uh, in touchdowns last year. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned earlier with the Seahawks and the Saints and a few of these other teams, um, I think especially you're going to see that in Pittsburgh this year. Um, I just think some of these 12 personnel teams – 
the combination is going to be very, very strong for a total yards and touchdowns and all of that at the end of the year. But what comes with that is a frustrating fantasy football season when you have one guy in, on that team and the other guy kind of does the work. So kind of a crapshoot, I think, after you know the first seven, eight guys, I think there's a, a little bit of uh, – you know, luck that's going to be involved of, uh, you know, who's going to be getting the touchdowns and receptions on that particular week. But from a team standpoint, they don't care. They're just looking all for overall production. But on a week-to-week basis, it could be a little infuriating. Yeah, and I, and, and, and it, 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 it warrants the decision if you do not get Kelsey or one of those other perceived next-tier guys that you can almost treat the position as a streaming position. Yeah, I mean, this is this to me is this to me is the most important topic about tight ends is number one, you have to be in a league. I know you're in one dinosaur league that you are unable to flip the mind of a lot of guys in your league where they don't have tight ends as a separate category. That's right. that's prehistoric. That's number one. I think the interesting thing with tight ends, and I think this is going to be probably something that's going to be more popular as the years go by and actually may be something that is kind of standard for leagues, is I think leagues at some point are going to make 1.5 yards per catch for tight ends. And I looked at our league. One of the most of the leagues that you and I are in or against each other or partners in are standard leagues. You get full pe- – point for a reception and every 10 yards receiving is a point as well. So if you if your if your tight end catches five five catches for 50 yards he gets 10 points. So I looked at the stat, the stats for full PPR leagues. There are only eight tight ends that averaged 10 fantasy points a game or above. Only eight. There were 50 wide receivers that averaged 10 fantasy points per game. So, I, I, I mean, I just think this is something that's happening in leagues, and I think it's starting to become more prevalent. How do you feel about the idea of the tight end category? And I know this would put probably Travis Kelsey as maybe the number one overall pick. <laughs> Certainly, if, if not, he's in the discussion. How would you feel about how do you feel overall about that where the tight end production is so obsolete that if you make the category for tight ends at 1.5, it makes more of them relevant in fantasy football? Yeah, I wouldn't go crazy. Look, I still, I still think what you suggest makes it still relative. Um, but to your point, because Kelsey's production is in line with top tier receivers, uh, it, it makes that player that much more explosive uh, in, in drafts. So I, 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 I'd have to think about that a little bit uh, on the surface. I, I would want to, I would want to dig on that a little bit more uh, th- than just say automatically, yeah, that makes sense. No, I'm not saying. Yeah, I, I hear you on you know analyzing. I'm just wondering um, how you weigh, you know, that only eight tight ends in all of fantasy football average um, 10 points per game. Yeah. Having 50 plus wide receivers when you know a lot of those receivers are are not nearly as good as the top 10, as the 10th tight end in football. So it just, I just feel like um, it makes more tight ends relevant. Now there's always, look what you 
umbrella, right, where um, everybody is drafting the same way. So if you don't do that, then you know, like to your point, you either pay up and, and get Travis Kelsey early or you get one of those tight ends or you kind of treat it as a streaming position. But uh, I'm just, I, I just don't like the idea of so many of these wide receivers averaging more than the 10th best uh, tight end in fantasy football. I think there's, there's just something uh, – there's just something wrong about that. Yeah, I think it's very – so when you look at production, right, it, it seems like there's a huge amount of guys that are in this kind of 50 catch, 500 to yes. 600 yards, four to five touchdowns, like that right. kind of region statistically. It's just a monster amount of guys that fall into that. Yes. And and that makes it that much more complicated. Like, let's look at a player like Fryamuth. You know, obviously, Darnell Washington was drafted by the Steelers. Um, you know, he lasted a little bit longer than people thought. The Steelers said, we're going to grab this guy now. Fryamuth had a very, very strong season last year on the cusp of 10 points per game. Not quite there, but 60 catches, over 700 yards. Uh, not a lot of touchdowns, but, but then again, the whole Steeler offense didn't put the ball in the end zone too much uh, with their passing attack. But... You know, nonetheless, we, we know Kenny Pickett's going to get better as a player, but then you add a red zone target like Washington now. So, you know, there's going to be a little bit more of a workload split up between those guys. No, there's, yeah, no, there's, there, there, is no, there is no question about that. And, you know, it goes to the point of uh, teams playing with 12 personnel. And, you, you know, if you're, if you're going to invest and you're going to spend equity in the category, like I said, and we've been saying, you know, there's only a few guys that are probably, you know, worth that. But, uh, you know, I'm just, when you just look at the season in general, at the end of the year and the stats show up, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't just make sense to me. Um, not maybe or at least considering doing something with tight ends and making them uh, 1.5 per catch for tight ends because I just look at some of these receivers and uh, and averaging more points than 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 the eighth or ninth best tight end is uh, it's just kind of difficult to swallow the way just the way I look at it. Yep, yeah, uh, that's fair. But I just you know again I, I look at so many teams where. You know, what's going to happen in Dallas with the tight ends? What's going to happen in Green Bay? How is Henry, right. how is Hunter Henry and Gesicki going to split the workload, right? Uh, by the way, we were talking about New Orleans. They added, they added Forster Moreau to Taysom Hill and, and Jawan Johnson, right? So sure. just, 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 it's, it's, it's very complicated. I, I can understand completely wanting to stream this position over the course of the year. I, I completely get that. Obviously, you try to pick, uh, you know, a player who you think may have some upside. And then the second, you know, if you're carrying two tight ends on your roster, the other guy, you can just keep moving around depending on matchups and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's, it's very it's a very hard position. Liz. That's the bottom line. I think that's kind of what we're articulating here. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you go into your drafts, you know, you make you kind of especially a snake draft, right, where. When you're an auction draft, you could kind of wait and wait and wait until the guys get put up for nomination. But kind of in a snake draft, the rubber meets the road pretty early, and you make a decision right off the bat. And I just feel how far he is above the rest. I think, you know, spending an early, a very early pick on Travis Kelsey is, I think, something that a lot of people are going to do. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by – so I, I took a look at four guys who I, I would say I'm intrigued by in terms of 
how they're valued. I, I, and you mentioned Waller and, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, Kyle Pitts coming off the injury, didn't play a lot last year with a quarterback who's still inconsistent. Darren Waller joining a new team. Daniel Jones, uh, they do have a pretty deep receiver room, but not necessarily any star power at, on, uh, at the position. So it'll be interesting to see those two guys. And then two kind of guys that could be interesting in terms of up and coming, depending on, you know, offensive. Deb- Actually, I'm going to include three guys because one, one, one player I do really like, and he enters a situation that's beneficial for him, and that's uh, a guy that's not, no longer on your Minnesota Vikings, and that's Irv Smith Jr., um, who has a lot of athleticism but can't stay on the football field. That's one. Dalton Kincaid, who played out of the slot a lot in college and, and joins a team that actually lacks some slot power. And then a guy who developed some playmaking skills at the end of last year on a team that does not have a lot of wide receiving uh, skill skill players, and that's uh, Chigo Okonkwo uh, on Tennessee. Those are those are three guys that I'm kind of looking at that potentially have some upside uh, to them. Yeah, I think um, I think those are all interesting guys. Uh, I think you know some of you know some of those guys, if not all of them, are going to be in that group that we talked about where. You could just put a bunch of names in a hat and then, you know, you could take a stab with two of them and hope that uh, they end up in the tight end one category at the end of the year, which can likely happen. So uh, I think there, what we're trying to say here is several ways to attack the tight end position in fantasy football. Really spend an early pick on Travis Kelsey. Um wait a couple of rounds and spend a pick on Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson, um, you know, uh, and then there are a couple of guys that have a lot of upside. You know, Waller can be that guy if he could stay on the field. Kyle Pitts is interesting. Joke will look good, but, you know, that offense maybe spread around with, with, with more players on that offense. So, uh, and uh, Chico Clanco as well is an up-and-comer. So, um there are different ways to attack the position, uh, but I, I feel Travis Kelsey is going to be going early in, in round one of his snake draft. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. All right, Wiz. Well done. Good to talk about it. You know, we're going to continue to do these on a weekly basis leading up to the season. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, this is definitely a hot topic. I like it. Well done. And we will uh, speak next week. Yeah, we'll absolutely revisit it at some point as it gets uh, closer to the start of the season when we start really getting specific with the uh, position-by-position breakdowns. All right. Well done. We'll see you later.